Welcome back to another week of Instigating with Clarkie and Drury, brought to you by our friends at Conway Furniture, Highway 86 East End of Listowel. Our friends at Larry Hudson, Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, and of course, the Listowel Squash Courts. Ryan Drury here. Clarkie's going to join us in a little bit here. There's a lot to touch on, including the Leafs. Our buddy Steve Dangle's going to join us, tell us all about his trip to Sweden. But first, we got to talk to a local athlete about another great trip that he just returned from and a guy who plays right here in town in Listowel for the Listowel Cyclones, but he wasn't playing hockey. He was away in Hermosillo, Mexico, representing Canada for softball at the U18 Men's World Cup. Very pleased to be joined by Alex McGilvery. Alex, how are you, man? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing great. Uh, Obviously, uh, a fun trip down there and a great experience for yourself, made even sweeter by the fact that Team Canada came back with a bronze medal draped around all your necks. Tell us a little bit about what the experience was like down there, man. I mean, it was it was awesome. I haven't really done anything like it before, except for like we went to Columbia a couple weeks before that, but it wasn't quite as big. So it was a little more nerve wracking than usual going into a tournament. Now, obviously, you guys go down there and you've kind of had an interesting experience being obviously a very talented dual sport athlete. I don't know if you can play more than two at this high level, but it's incredible you can do one, let alone play junior B hockey and play high level softball. But you got to have a bit of a unique experience as well with a guy right next to you that is on the bench in the Cyclones uh, as well. And that's Danny Scott. It's pretty rare that you see two guys from around the same area get to play one of these sports at a high level, but to have both of you guys be hockey teammates and now softball teammates, that had to be an, a, a pretty special experience for you and Mr. Scott. Yeah, it was awesome. It kind of feels like we're following each other around for the last couple of years. I just see him everywhere I go right now, but yeah, it's awesome. He's a good kid. Now, obviously you're playing for the Cyclones and the team is, off to a, a great start. Little little slow out of the gate in terms of goal scoring, but you guys were the best defensive team. You remain the best defensive team. And now you guys are really, really rolling. You sit atop the power rankings for the league, and you guys are cruising right now. So before we touch on softball and everything that went so well for Team Canada down there in terms of the hockey side of things, what's going so well for the Sykes right now? Because you guys are chugging, man. Uh, I mean... We're pulling in a lot of good guys right now. I think everyone's just doing their part and carrying the torch like they should be. So we're following our systems pretty well right right now from what I've seen. And I think it's all just going really smoothly. Now, obviously, you've come out of, you know, the the Hanover Barons program. I know you're a Durham native. And, uh, of course, your dad, who's a pretty legendary guy in the local hockey scene from back in his playing days. A uh, bit of a legacy there. What's that been like for you and, and for him, I'm sure, and the rest of your family to watch your continuing hockey journey on top of this great softball achievement, too? What's that been like? Uh, I mean, it was awesome, especially in Hanover. It was cool because... My dad's name's in the dressing room on the Wall of Fame there. So it was cool going out and seeing his name there, just trying to continue on his legacy there and try to do as well as he did. But don't think I did quite as well as he did, but tried my best. Yeah, he set a pretty high bar back in his yeah. Barons days. That's that's for sure. But you're doing a pretty darn good job yourself, and you're carving out a pretty yeah. impressive junior career. And now, obviously, softball included, 
when did you know when you were younger, because you're still a young guy, when did you know that you had this level of talent in multiple sports? And when did when did you kind of start dipping your toe into both of them at a high level? Because it takes a lot of commitment. Um, I mean, as a kid, I was more in just like into hockey, played baseball a little bit, nothing too major in that, the softball. Um, but growing up, I kind of just, go into a sport and would just have a lot of fun and noticed that I was doing pretty well at both so went into softball a bit more as well there and just kind of continued on doing both and it's just kept going uphill so far it's pretty good I would say so and Canada had a great round robin portion of the tournament and then you guys make it into the bronze medal game and uh well let's just talk about it because you had your fingerprints all over that game didn't you you're trailing one nothing to the United States the bitter rivals of course uh in softball and hockey and I would say most sports and it's the sixth inning you guys are trailing and you step up to the plate and you launched a moonshot out of that park, man. And we have visual of it. It was absolutely incredible. Uh, uh, you knew it was gone right when you hit it. Uh, what was that experience like stepping up to the plate in that kind of atmosphere, in that kind of clutch moment, and absolutely crushing a ball? What was that like? Uh, I was really nervous at the start. Um, didn't really have a plan going into it. I chased the high rise the first pitch, and then... I tried to lay a bunt down and miss that second pitch. So I was down 0-2 in the count. So I was kind of really nervous I was going to strike out, but kind of just got the bat out on the third one and got a good piece of it. Yeah, I'd say you got a pretty good piece of it because it left the park in a hurry. We're looking at it now. I mean, that thing is gone. Unbelievable, man. Yeah. This is going to be a great thing that you're going to be able to review and watch forever. You can show your kids this someday. I mean, you smoke that thing. Look at all the guys running out of the dugout. What was that like when you're rounding third and you see all the guys out there waiting for you? That had to feel pretty darn good. Yeah, it was probably one of the best feelings I've had in my sports career so far. Uh, rounding third, I had so much butterflies in my stomach. Just couldn't stop smiling. It was good. Seeing everyone on the team was really happy. So, it was fun. Obviously, you know, the, the game ends 2-1. You were all the offense they needed, and uh, you guys clinch a bronze medal. What was it like to represent your country at that type of level and have a, a medal at a tournament like this draped around your neck? What did that feel like? It must have been pretty darn, uh, you know, a pretty darn proud moment for yourself and your teammates. Yeah, I was, I was really proud of myself and my teammates, but especially, like, coming home after getting my service back in Canada and just my phone blowing up from texts from my family and my friends, bosses, all that. It was, it was awesome. They were all really proud. As they should be. It was a heck of a performance. Now, I want to ask you a couple things just about both sports because you're obviously, uh, well, I'd call you an expert in both of them because of how well you play them. Obviously, you're a really talented offensive player when it comes to the ice. Are there any guys that you've ever tried to kind of look at and take bits out of their game and model the way you play after? Does anybody come to mind when I ask you that? Um, I like watching Nathan McKinnon growing up. He was good in every aspect of his game, I thought, defensively, offensively. Just a really good player in general, so kind of modeled it after him. 
When did you know you could shoot the puck the way you can? Because you're not a very big guy, but you've got a low center of gravity. And I noticed right away when I first saw you playing for Hanover, you can really let go of that thing. Um, your dad had a good shot too. I've heard all about it from a number of different people. It seems like it, uh, it was passed on. You got a heater, man. Like when did you start realizing, boy, my shot looks a little different than all the other kids that I'm playing with. Uh, I mean, in Hanover, I think I started noticing it there because my dad was really chirping me about trying to do as well as he did and made it a competition. So I was always out practicing, making sure I could improve and, really improved my shot that year i thought not quite as good as his but oh yeah you're yeah you're humble man yeah you i understand you gotta pump jim's tires here i'm sure he'll <laughs> watch this and be giving you a little rib shot there yeah absolutely <laughs> pay respect to your elders i like it in yeah. terms of uh in terms of softball which you know is is something that you know your dad really didn't get to experience not at the level you have i mean i think that uh this is the ultimate uh the ultimate ace up your sleeve you can pull that bronze medal and go ah but look at this uh yeah. is there are there any baseball players that you've loved watching growing up over the years oh i didn't watch a lot of baseball growing up to be honest but uh, there's some locals like ty sebastian he's an amazing ball player so Kind of watched him in Durham a couple of times playing for the Dodgers. He was fun to watch, so I'd probably say him. That's not a bad answer. And and Ty yeah. actually, funnily enough, was on the show last week. So I like that yeah. answer a lot. Alex, uh, I really appreciate you doing this, man. I don't want to keep you too long. I know you got a practice to get to. And if there's anybody we don't want to upset in Midwestern Ontario, it's Listowel Cyclones head coach Jesse Cole. All right. So if yeah. you if you are late, you can blame me. He knows where I live. I'm sure I'll be in trouble. Uh, right. But we really we really appreciate you doing this, man. Say hi to your dad. And hey, again, congratulations on the bronze medal, man. It's an accomplishment you should be really, really proud of. And I'm looking forward to seeing you over at the Steve Kerr Memorial sometime soon, my friend. Thanks for doing this. Thank you. Thank you a lot. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, like I said, Clarky and I will be chatting with Steve Dangle about his trip over to Sweden. That's next on Instigating. <laughs> Welcome back to Instigating with Clarky and Drury, brought to you by our friends at Conway Furniture, our friends over at Larry Hudson Chevrolet Buick GMC, and of course, our friends at the Listowel Squash Courts. More on them later, because I have breaking news to share with Clarky. And speaking of Clarky, he's here, back from the balmy beaches of Jamaica, and he's here to welcome on a very special friend of the show. We've had this guy on plenty. He's always so gracious with his time, especially right now. The jet lag's there. Just back from a trip to Sweden to watch the Eras Tour of William Nylander, the rock star himself. Steve Dangle joins us. Dangle, how are you, man? I am lovely. Lovely. I was trying to think of the Swedish word for lovely, but I learned very little while I was there. <laughs> Other than the pizza and beer is just incredible. Just incredible over there. Really? Yeah, how about the, how fantastic. About the now, like, okay, I'm just going to say it. How, how are the women in Sweden? Like, are they all blonde and blue eyes? Because that's the, uh, you know, that's what you think. I I kept telling everyone um, that every single picture I took in Sweden, like with a fan, um, they were taller than I was. Oh, yeah. Every single one. And anytime I was like, oh, finally, 
And like, I would even say to them, Oh, someone who's my height or someone who's a little shorter. They'd be like, yeah, well I'm visiting from the Czech Republic or yeah, I'm visiting from Germany or <laughs> so like literally you could spot a tourist uh, from a mile away without hearing them say a word like, Oh yeah, this one's under six feet tall and sort of overweight. Like he's probably not from here. And yeah, his name is Steve. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, they're all beanstalks over there, man. They got the Ibrahimovic gene or something. It's incredible stuff. Here's the most burning question, though, that I have for you, Steve, and it's the most important one. Did you make it into Ikea? No, but I got the meatballs twice uh, to go That's maximum good. stereotypes. Swedish meatballs. Right the Swedish good. meatballs with the mashed potatoes, gravy, the pickles, and the lingonberry. Can't you and, get that uh, at like Islington and Queensway in Toronto, like at the Ikea? Yeah, I don't but know about this, the pickles. But at Sweden or in Sweden, it's almost as good. Okay. So, you know, it was, <laughs> it was almost as good. It was, good. it was pretty good. I made it into the, uh, you'll like this one, Clarky. I made it into the Jurgarden store. So oh. I, I got oh. a Sund Sundin Jurgarden uh, jersey. Oh, I, I thought badass. his speech. I thought his speech before the first game was just so touching. I nearly fell asleep. <laughs> hey, hey, you hey, be kind on, to Matt. We're like lucky Mats. we got him at all. I like Matt's, but like, oh my gosh, like that was not a very inspiring speech. And how do you say it? Jarn Crook. Yarn Crook. No, no, but that's not what he said. It was a hard J. Jarn Crook. I'm like, who? Who, who's this player? Jarn Kruk. Anyway. So the Swedes were all very accommodating, but there was one thing you could tell they drew a line in the sand about. And that was, while you are here, you will pronounce our damn names correctly. Peter uh -huh. Forsberg is not a person uh, during the duration of this tournament. It's Forsberg. Really? That is how you... Forsberg. That's how you say it. But is it really Jarn Kruk? Is that how you say his name? Or does if Matt that's just what they not said. know? Does he just not know? I have a feeling. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him to not know on account no. of like Sundin's been in witness protection since he retired, basically. But pretty much, pretty much, yeah. except for, like he showed up for the banner and then goodbye. Um, yeah. I was yeah. just surprised to see him at all. So yeah. that was. Cool. I was but, I was sort of expecting Thomas Caberlet to step in for him. Well, th there were a number of obscure Leafs there. Um, was there? Who was there? Well, so I don't know if it made the broadcast. Um, but it's funny how many of the Swedish legends were on camera for the whole crowd. Yeah. And yeah. they were just sort of like, like, get, get me off camera right away. Like, like who? Like Michael Telkvist? Was he well, there? Henrik Zetterberg was not happy with being on camera. Neither was Marcus Naslin. Michael Telkvist was on camera. And he everyone, was. you're not going to believe this, lost their mind. Lost their mind at Michael Telkvist and, um, wow. and uh, a favorite of my era. Uh, from when I was at Leafs TV, Clarky, the monster was <laughs> there. Jonas really? Gustafsson nice. was in the building. Nice. Um, I actually so have many... his blocker. I use his blocker. Why? No way. I knew the Bauer rep, right? So um, I have I have actually James Reimer's upper body gear, and I have the monster's blocker, and I use it. I use it every day. Every that's time hilarious. I yeah, I I don't know if a lot of people know this, but when David Ayers uh beat the leafs um i believe he used who was that david it was who? it was it was, it was <laughs> erase that from my mind man yeah, it was either sure. casimir kasky swo or antoine bebo's goalie gear really? uh, he used yeah yeah i remember them saying that it was marley stuff right it was yeah. marley it was marley stuff, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and a mask his mask was cracked 
by a one-timer from Zach Hyman in practice, and he wore it during an NHL game and won. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I, uh. Sorry, the other the other Leaf I saw, you just reminded me, Jonas Hoagland. Uh, oh, I saw him. 14. The great number 14. Jonas, the great Jonas number 14. Jonas, Jonas Hoagland. How, he played now, with Sundin. He played that, on Sundin's yeah. line. He, he was, sure did. He, was, <laughs> he played left wing with Sundin, and for a period of time, the diminutive demon himself, Sergey Berezin. Oh man, he was on so many good lines. He was on a the incredible line. I think it was Sundin Hoagland and Marius Tchaikovsky, the Polish prince. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. 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 I there, there were some lines. Did the Leafs man. send like Wendell over or anything like that? Did he go? Oh, I'm I'm surprised they sent their players over. To to be honest, it's it's funny the the players were really good about. Oh no, we're having lots of fun here. Yeah, this is great. Were the you wives know, there? I think so. Uh, okay. uh, I think so. I mean, you, you couldn't tell because Nylander brought so many family. Um, <laughs> and they all they all look the same, and it's just you know, bunch of hockey players surrounded by blondes. You're like, well, I don't know. See, Sweden. I told that's what I said in the first place. They're all yeah. blondes. It, there you, you, go. you weren't sure, but um, I I don't think anyone hated being in Sweden more than Sheldon Keith. <laughs> that guy, really? Oh man, he made it known. Um, really. It, well, I mean, like it might have, it might have kind of wrecked uh, uh, Klingberg's season, uh, uh, and, I, and I guess we'll get to that. That'd be too bad. But uh, you know, he was just uh, he was just kept talking about how hard it was and the sleep and everything. But like even Nick Robertson, like he he sort of made a joke of it. I was because I asked him about his ear. I got to go in the locker room, and he said the you know it was recovering well, but like sleeping was murder. I got, like imagine sleeping on your side and your ears split open. How many pillowcases has that guy gone through over the last couple of weeks? Blew. Um, but they came up with four points, and I think any coach in the league will be happy about that. So outside of hockey, you know, outside of the uh, Swedish meatballs, what was the f- best part about Sweden? Oh, well, okay. First of all, their transit system kicks the TTCs. But I want to find does, but I want to find who made the TTC and throw hands with them immediately after having gone to Stockholm. Um, you know what? I did not expect to meet very many people who knew who I was or watch my videos or podcast or anything. I mean, it's you're a star, man. It's Europe. Someone said that you're a star. We we did a meetup and there were like a hundred people. And then after the Minnesota game, we did a meetup. Uh, you know, obviously storybook ending with Nylander. And uh, I filmed the LFR video, the post-game video, outside of the building. And mm-hmm. there were like 100 people there. And it was like a live, interactive audience, which I've never done before. That's that's one of, that's I watched one of my... I like, watched it. There you go. Leafs. There you go. Amazing. Win! Yeah. It was fantastic. <laughs> um, it was fantastic. one of my top five, top ten nice. favorite videos I've ever done. Um, so that was that was a huge huge highlight for me that and um being at a press conference with nhl credentials through sdpn because nice. we okay. we tried for a long time to even get them to respond to our emails <laughs> and then oh, they they finally did but like now we're in the ecosystem right like even if we don't get the next event maybe we'll get the next one they know who we are we were good yeah. boys and well behaved and cool um that was a that was a nice little feather in the cap. Moment. Yeah, for sure. Instigating is going to be at the next one. So hell yeah, 
yeah we'll see yeah we'll see well i can i can get us up into the booth in guelph clarky if you want perfect. you, know, you can perfect. catch some guelph storm bug george burnett for a bit no it's fantastic and steve you deserve it man you guys have been working hard for a long time you in particular of course and uh i i had a great time watching you over there man it, it looked like a lot of fun and um you know speaking of fun we, we've mentioned it a couple times here uh that wild bill nylander kid Boy, is he having a good time, eh? Like, have you ever seen a start to a Leaf season from an individual player like this? I mean, it, it has been quite historic. And literally, the guy just, everything he touches is turning literally to gold. It's, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of how to say this and have it not be insulting. But, like, I, I can't think of a start to the season like this from someone who's not supposed to be the Leafs' best player. Like he's a star, he makes good money mm-hmm. and everything, but like we don't expect this of him, right? We we don't expect him to be leading the team in scoring. We, you know, like Matthews is not playing poorly either. Like, you know, no. sometimes a, a guy gets hurt and someone has to uh, you know, uh pick up the torch. Um, you know, Matthews has maybe been a bit streaky, but he's still at thir- or no, I think he's at 15 goals now. Uh, 14 or 15 because he had one in the Minnesota game. Um, but Nylander is absolutely smashing it. And think of how many times in recent memory uh, the Leafs have buckled in the moment. That whole event was basically designed with William Nylander at the center of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that sounds arrogant and pro-Leaf and whatever, but like Lucas Raymond got applause, and it was good. And Anton Forsberg had a win, and it was the first regular season win in Sweden, and people went, woo! You know, they were happy about it. Uh, Nylander ties the game in the Detroit game, and everyone came undone. And he, in the final game out of the four, overtime winner, solo effort, like, (laughs) pay that man his money. You know, I I wasn't team pay Willie. Uh, in the off season, but he hadn't done this, you know, like he was extremely good last year, but the amount of money he was asking for was delusional based on what guys had signed for. And now through nearly 20 games, he's been one of the best players in the league. Uh, like what else do you want? Can I refer to him as a power forward? Cause I did this week and I got looked at sideways, but like this guy drives to the net. He's like, I don't know. Modern. Like modern power forward, like yeah, the the days of Todd Bertuzzi are done. Yeah, you know, like Lindros. You know, could you throw, yeah, could, yeah. Well, Lindros obviously, even Sundin. Yeah. Like, could Cam you Neely. could you throw a Jerome McGinley in there? Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Sure. He's like he might even be old modern power forward, and mm-hmm. and now we got modern modern power forward. I mean, Nylander, you know, the the conversation at the beginning of the season had a lot to do with team toughness. And, you know, I don't expect Matthews with all the surgically repaired wrists to drop the gloves. And mm-hmm. I don't expect Marner to do it because I think he'd get mashed into mush. Um, but, like, Nylander, I think, would be, like, pretty formidable, man. Like, that guy, he's got the Viking build. Like, he's he's thick. He's kind of mm-hmm. hairy. He's, he's just, I just don't know if he has a mean <laughs> bone in his body. He's just extremely competitive. Um, you know, so if, I guess if it came down to it, he could kick your butt but i mean he rose to the occasion it was so here's the question how how are we going to fit him in here 
Yeah, where are we at here? Make this make sense for me, Steve, because, man, the rumors are flying. Well, next the, year's the problem, because as you've said, the swappy doodle do or whatever you called it. That's um, right. Swappy doodle like, That's an effect, but not for another year. Yeah. So for those of you not familiar with the swappy doodle do, um, <laughs> it's basically Tavares and Nylander switch cap hits mm-hmm. um, when Tavares is uh, up. Now that is very optimistic and it also involves a year of extreme pain which mm-hmm. is next year where the cap goes up by something like three or four million um which is not enough to accommodate willie making 10 or 11 million dollars along with mitch along with austin along with john um you know i think it's possible to move off of mitch but he has a full no move and I just it it's difficult to picture him wanting to welcome a move like that. But you know those those no move clauses are rarely mm-hmm. they're rarely enforced in full. You know what I mean? Like um, Dodonov enforced his because he didn't want to go to the Ducks. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh Tory Krug enforced his because he didn't want to go to the Flyers. Well, yeah, fair enough. But you know, if you send a guy to a good situation, you know, I, I believe Patrick Kane had the full no move and he basically used it to, you know, dictate. Did, did did he try to stay in Chicago? No. He just he just wanted to dictate where he was gonna go. Most yeah. players in this league are not going to stay where they're not wanted, mm-hmm. right? Um, which is a wild thing to say about a guy who was nominated for the Selkie last year. Right. So, um, I mean, I don't really see a way you can make it work. Like you have, you already have one of the cheapest goalie tandems in the league. Like, what are you going to have two entry level guys? And even that, even if you did, if you had two guys on sub million dollar deals, which is possible, um, it would only free up like two and a half million dollars. So it, I mean, it's probably going to involve uh, moving Mitch in the offseason. Do you think it very well could? Do you yeah. think Dubas was going to mi- move Mitch before yes. he got you do, eh? 100%. Really? Um, well, he mentioned breaking up the big four and then was fired days later. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's the only one who made sense. Like, <laughs> I agree. Uh, I've said it all along. He's the guy. It's not even. Like it's not even he's because he's bad. Like Matthews is the superstar. Tavares, I love, but like at his age, he doesn't have nearly the value that Marner does. And you probably mm-hmm. could have got the most for Nylander, but the reason for that is because he was on a value contract. And if you're the Leafs and you're perennially up against the cap, why on earth would you get rid of a contract like that? Um, I mean, I suppose it's possible Willie walks. But I, I, I mean, can, can you fire a GM after just a year? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, like I just don't do think that. you can let that happen. No, you can't let oh, that happen. Well, and so, it would be very wild because of what just happened to that guy in Calgary, right? Like those two guys leave, and I, I don't feel like he would want to get into a mix-up where he lets something like that happen again. Trading Mitch Marner is a franchise-altering move. Yep. Yep. And they made it so that Dubas couldn't do it because he was fired. Mm-hmm. Um, and Treliving, I'm sure 
tried to, or at very least looked at it. But like that is a that's a career defining trade. As yeah. soon as you get there, <laughs> exactly. And, and I that's just a think that's one. it's such a recipe for failure. Yep. Um. You know, yep. I don't blame him for not doing it, and I'm sure mm-hmm. no team mm-hmm. was willing to give him a great deal. Um, because yeah. they knew there was a ticking clock there and yeah. you got a plan for the next year. And he probably said, okay, I can put all my effort into trading this player or I can keep this team that ought to be a contender. It hasn't been, but mm-hmm. ought to be a contender. And I could try to figure it out and kick that can down the road a year. And that, that's what he did. I don't blame him. Yeah, okay, so it'll be interesting because like you remember and you're right, it would be a career defining one given the status of Mitch, what he's done. Look, the guy gets his cookies like he gets a lot of points. Selkie player, finalist man. last year. Yeah, he's a hell of a good yeah, player. Yeah, I'd almost like sure. in the situation if he were to move. Remember those Flyers teams of the early 2010s and they get to the cup final against Chicago. They lose. And then a couple years later. Paul Holmgren decides heading into that 2011-12 season with a lot of weird rumors going around about these two guys. They didn't want to commit to a party, a dry island thing. He decides he's going to trade franchise icon and captain at the time, Mike Richards. And he's also going to trade his buddy, Jeff Carter. Sends Richards to the Kings, gets uh, obviously your old buddy Wayne Simmons back in that deal as the main crux of it. Moves Carter to Columbus, getting Voracek into the fold, who was a good player at the time. But he and I remember Paul Holmgren, the then GM of the Flyers, saying, Steve, at the press conference announcing those two deals. They came on the same day, I believe. He said, I don't know if we'll be better, but we'll be different. And that's kind of the risk you take, right? Like that, like if they trade Mitch, unless they're getting a huge stud defenseman back the other way. I don't necessarily know that the Leafs would be better. They obviously would be different. That's that's the thing, man. Like it's it's not, you know, it's two different conversations, right? It's next year, yeah, versus this year. Um, this year, uh, yeah, you take Mitch Marner off the team, you stink. Uh, <laughs> obviously, like that's the beginning, middle, and, and end of it, but. Um, you look at the Leafs and they have a lot of the same problems the Oilers do. Um, except I think their decor is better. It's still not great. And their goaltending is better. It's still not the best. It's been adequate. You know, Wool was probably unsustainably good. Samsonov was unsustainably bad. And now they've kind of met in the middle a little bit. And they're providing the kind of goaltending that allows you to be in the fight every night right um so all these zadorov rumors and tanev rumors and you know getting a little bit more snot uh snot improving on d um that's that's what i've got my eye on right now but like you know you're not talking about zadorov and tanev uh if you're talking about moving mitch marner you're talking about no you're talking about franchise altering defenseman i'm i'm telling you right now leafs are going to get both these guys it's going to happen. Both Tanev Marner and, and Nylander or both Zadorov and Tanev? <laughs> Zadorov and, Ta- and Tanev. Okay. And no, what I want to know from you, though, how much better mm-hmm. will these two guys make this defense? I I think they'll make it uh, decently better. It'll make them meaner back there. 
Yeah. And like you saw, you saw like Luke Shen wasn't even excellent as a leaf, <sighs> but he provided. Yeah. He, he provided something they lacked so bad. And mm-hmm. that's really all Zadorov needs to do. Yep. Like, just be solid. Don't screw up back there. Be an arsehole, you know? Yep. Um, Tanev, uh, they need a puck mover and someone on the right who's not TJ Brody. Um, well, I think he's going out. Yeah, I keep hearing yes and I keep hearing no. Okay, uh, well, who would it take? Of- who would it take? Let's play a fan call in here. Steve from... Whitby or wherever you are, Oshawa. Ajax. Ajax. I knew out there. Um, there you go. So, well, the the thing that I pitched a couple of weeks ago, which now can't happen, was uh, to make the money work. You would do Klingberg, and maybe Lilligren along with probably a, a like something like an Abruzzese and a Minton. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. In order to get um, Zadorov and Tanev, more realistically, um, well, the money's easier get... now with Klingberg on uh, LTIR. The money is easier with Klingberg on LTIR. So more realistically, and I don't know why this hasn't been talked about more, and why I haven't talked about it more. I keep it. I keep keeping it to myself. I need to say this on my own podcast. Stupid. <laughs> um, but uh, it, what makes sense is conditional draft picks going to Calgary based on whether or not these players resign, um, you know, or re- resign, resign. resign. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, no, they're just done with hockey. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're retiring. They, they, yeah. No, they, uh, you know, it's gotta be something like um, not, not to go this extreme, but like the pronger deal from Edmonton to Anaheim where the Oilers got a draft pick and there was a conditional draft pick attached to that. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was, we get a first. And if we make it to the Stanley cup final, we get another yep. first. Yep. So maybe it's something like, you know, to, in, for Calgary to protect themselves, if they're going to retain salary, especially they get a concrete draft pick, non-negotiable. And then if one or both of these guys resigns with Toronto, they get an additional draft mm-hmm. pick. Mm-hmm. Um, there still probably needs to be money moved out. I haven't done the exact math. The the, See, the if, math. If Brody's involved, you're okay. If Brody, yeah, but I don't even think you need to shed that because if you if you take Zadorov and Tanev's salaries and you cut them in half, so if Calgary retains yep. half, it adds up almost exactly to John Klingberg's salary. Mm, interesting. It's very interesting, isn't it? Um, and Klingberg signed for 4.15. How'd they come up with that number? Hmm. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I think there's something there. Um, and like Eric Francis the other day when he tweeted about Nick Abruzzese, uh potentially going to Calgary and joining his former university teammate, Matt Coronado. Like I read that tweet as a canary in the mine. Like that. that is, you know, someone from Calgary floating that idea out there and seeing how fans react. Um, I, I, I think the Leaf fan, I don't care. That's fine. Go yeah. ahead. It's going to be the yeah. Leafs. Like, I'm thinking they're going to have to give up a Robertson. That's what I'm thinking. 
uh, I, I don't, really I don't know about that. I don't possible. know about that. I don't know. Because if, if you look at Zadorov, like if, if you want to dig into the analytics and stuff, he's actually not that good in his own zone. But what he is, is an intimidating. He, I'm glad you brought up Luke Shen because he's just a younger Luke Shen, a guy that can get the job done. It's not going to necessarily look pretty, but boy, can he catch people with their heads down and really set a tone. That's what Zadorov is. Like, that's what you're getting. You're not getting any offense from him, although he does have a big shot, but he doesn't, he's not going to provide you a lot of points. He's going to be a guy that makes other teams forwards keep their head on a swivel. Tanev is actually a little better defensively than Zadorov is if you look at his numbers yep. and can move the puck a little better. Zadorov a skater, can be accused. For sure. He's a good, he's a way better skater than Zadorov and he could Zadorov could be accused at times of looking like he's hanging onto a hand grenade, but he's a big tough mean SOB and he'll he'll finish guys hard into the wall. Like that's what he's mm-hmm. going to do. So I I've seen a lot of like oh the Leafs are going to have to give up this prospect and this prospect and Minton and this guy I don't necessarily know that that's true because keep in mind too, both those guys deals, like Steve said, are expiring and that's a Mm -hmm. piece of leverage that the Leafs have to their advantage too. Not to mention the fact that everybody knows Zadorov wants out. Well, exactly. And like, it's going to be Toronto. Like they, they keep up these rumors. Oh, this team is interested. This team is. No, they're not. His, his agent already blew it. Dan Milstein already blew it. (laughs) Exactly. He put it on Twitter. He put hashtag Leafs. Yeah, he, he did. He blew it. Guys. What's your opinion of that, Steve? Like, it was a, that's a weird one. It is a weird one. It is delightfully Dan. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it was. It was him. It was his sort of Alan Walsh sword moment. Um, yeah. But you know, I don't think an agent does that out of nowhere. Um, no think, way. No. I think no it's way. been weeks and possibly months of frustration that led up to that. And like he said that in drafts for a couple weeks. Yeah, like, and Zadorov hasn't been very good uh, since that. Um, I mean, why would he risk injuring himself? Um, but, uh, you know, it, full marks to him for at least staying in the lineup and everything. Uh, it's great theater. It's and, it, and the Leafs are not usually on the good end of this. <laughs> so so it's mm-hmm. that, that part of it has been delightful. <laughs> And, you know, what you were saying with uh, Zadorov's warts, like, that's part of the reason why I I would be so much more comfortable with getting those two guys if you didn't have to move off of Brody to do it. Because then you can have a top four of, like, Riley, Tanev, McCabe, Brody, Zadorov, whoever you want. Like, Zadorov, yeah, Lilligren, no, Zadorov, that's what I'm GPO. Saying. It sounds like, a lot better, doesn't it? Timmons. It sure does. Yeah. It, it sounds sure a lot does. better. And you know with Lags Brody, his even... wife's going through MS, I know. So he may not want to go anywhere either. So Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah, know that. That's that's yeah. true. Yeah. 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 Sportsnet did they. I know you don't watch them anymore, but they did a little feature on it. <laughs> I don't watch them either. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's too bad, but she's battling MS. So Brody yeah. may not want to go anywhere. I don't know if he's got the right to say that, but um we'll see maybe like you know when you talk about leaf calgary flame trades um obviously you think of big trades maybe maybe they can like is markstrom uh out there like is he a better upgrade than samson oh, i stopped there clark yes let's, is cadry uh, coming Ollie. back as a third line center like let's, let's just make a big deal let's do another freddie shoestrom 
Ollie I'm Alex Mears. Ollie. Oh boy. Remember that? Uh, we thought Jamie he was McCowan. the next big thing. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. No, um, I mean I don't Mark think Calgary Strum's, would ever do it, but Markstrom's such a this league is full of well, I'm I'm sure you know this, Clarky, as a goalie. This this league is full of some of the strangest goalies I've ever watched. Like yeah. they can't decide if their Vesna candidates are, are awful on yeah. any given night. Jack and, Campbell. Oh my goodness. You know, there's a guy who won 11 uh, straight games in the NHL and, mm-hmm. and you know, Markstrom was a Vesna nominee. And then he was dreadful. Like he was one of my favorite train wrecks to watch last year. <laughs> Just every time he tried to play the puck was a terrible decision. And, but have you seen his numbers this year? He's, he's good. He's mm-hmm. real good. He's, mm-hmm. he's good. Even mm-hmm. even though the Flames aren't being very good, he's good. Um, if oh man, I really don't know if the Flames can win that sort of deal. I mean, it, I it'd agree. Be, it'd be very interesting. Um, but like, I feel like um, it depends on how many how much youth the Leafs want to give up. I guess. Well, and they they like, have, have a lot in of there, faith in that. Robertson in have, there is a first yeah, in that there. Early, like, You'd either That's have to give up a really good that. you'd you'd either have to give up a really good prospect regardless of position or yeah, like yeah. Joseph Wool. And they can't I'm, do that. I'm I'm not into that. I, no. I actually yeah. I really I also don't know if they really need to do that on account of like I think one of the more underrated things about the Leafs organization is their goalies. Um a lot of them are in Europe. Um, so people don't know about him as much, but this Aktumov kid, I think is going to be really good. Uh, Hill to be is a really compelling prospect. Obviously mm-hmm. wool. You want to see what, what he has left. Um, and then like they just, I, it feels like the cupboard was so bare at that position for so long. And one of the, one of the things Dubas actually did pretty well in his tenure is he just gathered enough darts um at the goalie position and like one of them's gonna hit and you know uh, this wasn't officially one of his picks because it was 2016 but joseph wold so far has been a hit like that's a hit like i don't know if he's elite or anything but he's been an nhl quality goalie that's a hit yeah um if he hits on one of hildeby or uh you know Aktumov or even pexa or or whatever uh that you know that's a huge boost for the organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, for Calgary too, I did. They'd want a goalie back. Cause they got that Dustin Wolf kid and he's the best goalie in the AHL. So um, it probably would be a position player. Steve, I want to end off by asking you about this Ryan Reeves situation. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, like, can they even put him back in the lineup? Like this is looking like a bit of a, a bit of a tough three-year commitment that I don't think any of us thought he would play out those full three years. He will end up in the booth someday, but what's your opinion on this? Oh. Like he's really not, I don't know what this I guy. I think he's really got a little sore hip. I think he's got yeah. a sore hip. Or <laughs> yeah. Well, so, he's got a bruise. Yeah. 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 Clarky's saying that in jest, but like I've been yeah. saying that for weeks, like uh, because he, I was willing to defend Ryan Reeves in the first couple games because he was such a factor like he was running around out there and mm. running guys over and he he has he's yet to start a fight as a leaf he's been in two fights and yeah. he didn't instigate either of them um there was the jack eye one and that was after a big hit 
and there was the yep. Felino one, and that was after a big hit. Yeah. And where'd he go? Yeah. Where'd he go? Like he he wasn't even throwing hits. He wasn't he wasn't no. doing anything. Nothing. So like you know I know he's not that great at this whole hockey thing, but. I was willing to look past it because you get Ryan Reeves, you take the good with the bad. You you know what you're getting and you know what he brings in X and Y and Z. He's not doing any of the things that you would even expect out of this guy. Oh, I would have gone after Brad Marchand, but I didn't have a shift out against him. Who cares? Grab someone else. You're the yeah, sheriff. Exactly. Who cares? Exactly. What are you doing? Like, so... To me, he's either got to be hurt or he's like the biggest snake oil salesman in the sport. Um, the, what what gives me a little bit more peace with Ryan Reeves is as bad as that contract is, and maybe I'm deluding myself, someone's going to want this player. Yeah. Oh, been, I don't disagree. Yeah, He's been doing it for years. Someone wants... Honestly, <laughs> it wouldn't Can shock you me imagine? in the slightest. No, I, I got one better. Imagine. Clarky, I got a better when one. I put my head on the pillow and I say my prayers and drink my milk <laughs> and eat my vegetables. I can imagine yeah. it. I got a better one. What's I got the better a one? better one. What? Edmonton. Okay. Your team? Could you imagine Reeves and Ryan Wilson? Reeves playing with Tom Wilson? Of course I can. Oh my God. I don't want it to happen, by the way. Like, that's not what I'm saying. It would be peak NHL comedy. It would be, co I would need them to make a sketch comedy show of the two of them. Shoving buddies. They hate each other. Oh God. Yeah. Rock 'em, sock 'em robots out there, dude. Oh yeah, God. Yeah. They fight in practice the first day. It would be epic. I yeah. don't know. I would want tele well, it's the first time I'd ever want televised practice. <laughs> so. Leaf what do you TV. mean first time? Didn't you watch Leafs TV for years? We tell. Oh yeah, my bad. This? Come on. Oh yeah, and it was. I bet it drew big numbers, eh? <laughs> it did. Yeah, really yeah. Did. The biggest number I think was when there was a squirrel loose in the Air Canada Center and we <laughs> for about twenty minutes. We watched the squirrel running around the ECC. That yeah, was classic. Yeah, you know? It was classic. There you go. Yeah. Like I think the they should just to, just to wrap things up with the way Edmonton's playing. I think they should go to Martyr and say, "Hey, would you go to Edmonton?" And he's thinking, oh, man, I could play with McDavid. Yeah, I'd go to Edmonton. Yeah, I would. And then you'd trade him for McDavid. Like, let's yeah, just get, let's just find a way. Because <laughs> McDavid's coming here anyway. When his contract's up, he's coming to Toronto. So. Amen. Amen, Clarky. He's coming, right? I doubt it, but <laughs> he's coming. Amen. He's coming. He's like Johnny T. He wants to play here. Uh, he certainly doesn't want to play in Edmonton right now. That's for he'll sure. He'll be in Tampa. You he'll know, be in Tampa. Leaf fans took a lot of crap for saying, oh, he looks so sad, like the day he was drafted. I was in the building that day. He was pissed. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. I have a funny story for you. My old broadcasting partner and longtime voice of the Guelph Storm before I took over, Steve Fitzsimmons, he told me once in the media room, and it was right after that draft lottery. So it was fairly late in the season. And uh, he was talking to a bunch of OHL scouts and NHL scouts from other teams. And he loudly proclaimed, he was like, well, it's, it is a joke. I feel bad for Connor because Edmonton doesn't deserve him. Standing right behind him was Kevin Lowe. Oh, <laughs> whoops. Kevin left. <laughs> Kevin, left. left. <laughs> Kevin left the room. He knew he was outgunned. It was uh, very, very funny. So eh. he knew. And he, he's probably he the next book right. coming along. 
He's probably right. Yes, uh, another book. It's supposed to be a secret. <laughs> oh, it's a secret. No, it's okay. I'm just it's... assuming there's a book coming. That's all. I don't know anything. We haven't talked. Oh, oh. Well, you know, if I were to write one, uh, I would have been uh, almost done fairly recently. <laughs> okay. Very we'll good. Leave, we'll leave it. Is at my that. name going to be mentioned in this one or no? Uh, Look, I can I can put you in the in the yeah. in yeah, the in like thank you if you want. Yeah, yeah, it's not about my life. Somewhere. I haven't lived enough life. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Since yeah, the last one, I'd like <laughs> imagine having two biographies by the time you're 35. What a what a jerk. No, <laughs> yeah, not Clarky, what one's good for you? Right? I know it's good enough. It's good yeah. enough. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. SDPN. Look them up on YouTube. They're on Twitter. They got a bunch of great shows. The CJ Show, Agent Provocateurs, great with Alan Walsh, and of course the OG stuff, the Steve Dangle podcast with that guy right there, Steve Dangle. Adam Wilde, Jesse Blake. Check it out, guys, man. They're doing great work over there. Dangle, thanks for doing this, brother. It's always a pleasure, dude. Thank you. Reeves to the flames. E5. For E5. a first round pick. Oh, the E5. Oh, That's no. Right. Not that again. <laughs> we'll E5. be right back. When we come back, Clarky and I will unveil, as we always do, our Conway Furniture Couch Potatoes of the Week next here on Instigating. <laughs> Wrapping things up this week on Instigating with Clarky and Drury with our friends at Conway Furniture, our friends over at Larry Hudson Chevrolet, Buick GMC, and of course, Listowel Squash Courts. Thanks to our great guests this week, Alex McGilvery of Team Canada Softball, bronze medalists at the U18 Men's Championships, and of course, of the Listowel Cyclones, and our friend Steve Dangle. Go check out SDPN for all your great Leafs and NHL news. Clarky, Welcome back, man. From Thanks. Jamaica, yeah. you know, Jamaica, good, good fresh. stay on the beach. Hey, what's up? It's time fresh for a couch potato. You were a couch potato for uh, a good while there. Yeah. And uh, I can't completely say that. You did make an appearance on last week's show, and I was I very, did. I commend you for that. Hardworking guy. So not a total couch potato, <laughs> but it is That's your right. turn. You should have seen me later that night. Yeah. Uh, I. Well, we had a little event, and uh there was wow. a live band there, and they took some requests later on in the night, and uh, they played a Lionel, Lionel Richie, Richie song, and they I was right up there singing along with them. Of course. Oh, well, yeah. He was very listen, impressed that I knew all the words. I need you to yeah. lead us on okay. our on our journey here, as you always okay. do. Let's get into so I mentioned Furniture, Couch Potatoes. Go ahead. So I mentioned this guy with Dangle, that, and I was considering him as a Couch Potato, but... It's tough for me to to uh, put a guy like uh, Matt Sundin as a couch potato, but boy, that that pregame Don't speech, that. that pregame speech before it's disrespectful. The, hey boys, let, let's make us proud. Yarn okay. Crook, Ladgerson, Domi, and like it was like the worst. Like was that cool supposed for to him be to inspiring? Domi though, was cool. that was supposed to be inspiring? Because it wasn't. It wasn't a pick me up speech. Anyway, okay. he was just there to do the uh, the opening line. However, we're going to go back and like I think you'll be impressed that I'm actually using a basketball clip this week. Wow. Right? Wow is right. Um, and this was on Wednesday night. And uh, Kawhi Leonard uh, in San Antonio is getting booed by the fans in San Antonio, who he, he quit on a few years back after yeah. some success. So all of a sudden here, if we can hear it, the coach for the San Antonio Spurs, Greg Popovich, here he is. 
let these guys play and try to class. It's not who we are. Knock off the booing. Knock off the booing. Well, Mr. Popovich, you are my couch potato of the week. Because that was one of the most ridiculous requests ever. When you pay two, three, four hundred dollars to go to a game, you have every right to express your concern and boo as a fan. You cheer, you boo. That's what a fan is all about. They're not booing. They're not they're not throwing snowballs at a santa claus like this like who was it the uh philadelphia the, the, the flyers and that and it was like, actually batteries that they were throwing at him yeah it's not yeah. that they're booing it's innocent yeah i i'm i'm hey i commend you again for a great couch potato because yeah look we all love pop and pop's a legend pop's, we old, pop's done now like he's pop, he's yeah he, he's he's a little past his prime he shouldn't have done that. I, I it yeah, was this, weird. Like that it was unbelievable. It was grabbing the. This is a coach of a team grabbing the mic right in the middle of free throws by Kawhi Leonard and saying, "Don't boo this guy, please." Come on. <laughs> it would have been on. one thing if he if he had done it after the game and been like, "I didn't like that the fans were booing our old buddy Kawhi," but to grab yeah. the in-house mic. <laughs> I've never seen that before. No, I've never seen it either. And it was it like, was oh my so god! Bizarre. And then he said after, "Don't poke the bear. Don't poke the bear." I mean, oh, whatever. Just Pop, wanted to like, be the center of attention. On. That's all. Yeah, Timmy Duncan's not in town anymore. Like with Manu Ginobili, like you're just trying to make it all about you. Yeah, yeah that was goofy. I anyway. and like it's standard fare. Like the guy requested to leave. He helped them win a title. Yeah. Yeah. Then he left and right. want, made it very public that he wanted to leave. And typically, when that happens, the fans will boo you. It's it's just and I don't happening. understand. Like I think it's hilarious. I think it's absolutely hilarious. That the New York Islander fans still boo John Tavares and say, we don't need you. Well, apparently they do because they've been pretty crappy since he left. So I just think it's fun. I think it's fun. It's part of the game. It's fun. It's it's exciting. Yeah, man. You know? Fun. And anyway. And, and so fun. another let, honorable look, mention. Let, another one, one other honorable mention this week for my Coach Potato. And please. that's the schedule maker in the NHL. No games Tuesday. No games Thursday. I get it. It's so apparently. I get it. But other apparently, did you see? Did you see this thing where apparently only three NHL buildings were available for those days? Apparently, and have three games. Well, they could, but there's three teams, so they could have had one game. And Vancouver was one of them. Well, so do I don't three, know why they you couldn't said have had three arenas. We could have had three games. No, no, like three buildings, meaning three teams would have been available to play. Right. You so you could have had three games. Well, you could have had one game on the one night. Well, hold on, and hold on, one Ryan, on Ryan, no, no. If there's three Simple buildings math. available, then each one of those three buildings could have been used. What I mean, though, what I, I mean, though, I is only those mean. only those teams were available to play. Well, well why? Because the other buildings were... were. But you're going to play on the road. Like, okay, say Toronto was available. Then pick Montreal and play. Anyway. Which whatever. they weren't, apparently. Anyway, it doesn't well, matter. Well, Kiss uh, hey. was supposed to play, I think, and that was canceled, so... It was Paul Stanley got the flu. Yeah. Anyway, the so there you go. Honorable mention of the NHL schedule maker because like Thanksgiving, I get it is Thanksgiving. No, but, it's I. I know. I want a hockey game to watch every night. I every know. night there should be a hockey game. Anyway. Yeah, okay. What's geez. yours? Couch potato. Okay, my my couch potato. My couch potato for Conway Furniture. 
our friend, congratulations. This is a positive couch potato. This is a guy that we love here on this show. He's a good guy. He calls you the commissioner all the time. Oh, and we, we got to give some love to Arthur. our buddy, Steve McAllister. Steve McAllister coaching the Huron Bruce Blizzard to the Wingham Silver Stick title. Congratulations, Stevie Mac. How about that? Come on, Clark. You got to give a round of applause. This has been a big year for Steve. He's got a whole one. This has been a big year. There's 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 time for me still then, right? Like when I'm 10 years older and get up to Steve's age, I'll be right there. Stevie the ace McAllister. Yeah. Is now Stevie Silver Stick champion. Wow. McAllister. How about that? Wow. How about that? Congratulations to the Huron Bruce Blizzard under 18s and our friend Steve Silver Stick. They're going to go and head represent coach. the Wingham region. Head, head coach. coach. He was Let's head go. coach. Absolutely. Like he was in charge. Wow. In charge, dude. Wow. Running things. Speaking they, of in hey, charge, a welcome when Gary back. Gary Batman retires. I'll tell you. Um, all our friend Steve. Um, uh, uh, I totally lost my. Tra- oh, no. There it is. Um, congratulations. To uh-huh. this has got to be one of the best jobs in sports. The bench coach for the New York Mets, John Gibbons. Good for Gibby. And yes. like that's got like you just sit back, you have no pressure. Where's career started? You go, you, all you do is every every once in a while you go, why don't you try to do a hit and run here? Like there's nothing to do. Like, like, like you have no pressure. Yeah, like be no one's gonna say, too. oh, they lose, they gotta fire the bench coach. He'll good be a for, beauty. Good for Gibby. Good, for, good Gibby. for Gibby. That's where his career started. So good for him. Yeah. And uh, I would like to mention I did beat our friend Al at squash again. So and it was a good one. It's a <laughs> I, really I, good I, one. I, I played Tuesday night too, and I had a pretty good night. So and you can yeah. ask him about it. All right. Remember, you can visit our friends at Conway Furniture, and you can be a couch potato hey, too. It doesn't have to be a right. bad thing. Okay. That's right. And you can go see them. Highway 86, East End of Listowel, Clarkey, and and on Highway 23. The North yes. End of Listowel. Yep. Larry Hudson. 1000 Wallace Avenue. Black Friday sale held over for one more week. So come on down. We're clearing out the 23s. Lots of action there. Uh, it's been a good week. They're moving and the fast. Deals. You still have time. The deals and are the deals. hot. Sizzling. They are hot. And yeah. you can visit our friends at the Listowel Squash Courts, too, and join up and become a member and beat the crap out of me because I'm still not very good. And that's what we should do now. Next time yeah. you uh, next new member gets to play Ryan Drury. Make you feel really good about yourself. Exactly. Right? That'll we be your feel first good match. about ourselves. We feel good about ourselves because you guys watch this show Friday nights at eight, Sunday nights at nine with our friends on Whiteman TV. Hey, that's channel six for Whiteman subscribers. We debut on our YouTube channel Friday nights at nine. You can follow us on social media at instigating pod. And remember, you can find the podcast version on all your favorite podcast apps, including Spotify and Apple. What else do you want? You can find us everywhere. Thanks to Alex McGilvery. Thanks to our buddy, Steve Dangle. Thanks to our great friends at Conway Furniture, Larry Hudson, Chevrolet Buick GMC, the list of squash courts. I'm Ryan Drury. That's Clarky instigating. We'll be back next week. Ooh.